What's up, guys? This is your host, Jay, and welcome to the 91 Perspective Podcast. This is a safe space where I vocalize my opinions and view on things, while also allowing others of different backgrounds and perspectives to do the same. The reason I created this podcast is for people like you and me to get to know each other through dignity and respect, as well as discussing a variety of topics and issues you may not be aware of. So we're in season two, episode 25. And I just want to say before we give you the title, or before I, not we, but before I give you the title of this episode, I want to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate you. Share this episode and podcast with your friends and family. So we're going to get into a touchy, a very touchy issue that I think a lot of people either had on their minds or have on their minds currently. So the title of this episode is called People Hate God. Now, where am I coming from this? So I, I want to just remind you guys or make you aware of this episode. So last year when I started this podcast, my very first episode, season one, episode one, I did an, I did an episode called God is Good with a question mark. And I kind of, I, I, I kind of, I kind of tackle some issues on there um, that were okay, but I don't think my points were strong enough. But at the core, I really wanted to give a perspective to people to help them understand um, why God was good. Because sometimes people question God. In fact, not sometimes. There's a lot of people, whether you believe in God or not, whether you're a believer of God or not, question God on a lot of things. And I think as human beings that have free will and a mind that reasons and have intellect, I think it's natural to question God if you have a mind and you can reason and you ask questions about anything I think one of the questions that will come up is is God good or God is good however you want to frame that question so I decided to really address people's hearts because I've been in this position before I've questioned God a lot of times so I know a lot of you probably have thought to yourself you know is God evil you know why would God let evil happen he doesn't care about us or you know we also think about Christians being hypocrites and then the big one that I think a lot of people struggle with is if you're going to create human beings, these creatures with free will and with everything that's going on and some people know about him and some people don't, why would he let them go to hell? These are some tough issues. They're very tough for a lot of people. And some of these questions that people have in their minds and in their hearts, a lot of times these are make or break questions that a lot of people will leave the faith over. If unanswered, some people don't come back. But I want to be honest with people. And, and I understand this because I've been at this point in my life and I've thought about this. What it really comes down to is that people are upset with how God does things. If, to put it simply, 
if you want to frame it a different way or you want to call it something else, it's simply that people don't like how God does things. They don't like his timing. They don't like how he handles things. They don't like how he is mysterious and doesn't give all the details to us. Um, I, I like to give you an example to really think about it in this way. And some may not be comfortable with this example, but here it goes. Imagine you being a parent to a child. A child that is of the age of five can only understand but so much. When you tell them to do something, you don't just tell them, hey, don't put your hand on the stove just because you want to say it to them. You know the full consequence of their actions that if they decide to take their hands and put it on the stove that they will burn their hands and they will get hurt but they don't understand that they just want to do it because they may think it's fun to do but they're children they're, they, they don't know any better all they know is play and in their minds what they think is right that's what they want to do So once that child puts their hand on the stove and they burn their hand, they start to understand, maybe not fully, but okay, I guess mommy was right. And and as they get older, they start to see all the ways that, or mommy or daddy, how they've protected them over over their lives. And they meant well. And that's the same way with God. God knows more than us. A lot of times he protects us from certain things that could be harmful to us, but because of our own desires and what we think is right and what we see as good, then we pretty much, what we see as good, we that's what we want to go after. But he tells us, no, that's not the right way. Now, look, you might not be satisfied with that example. Again, we, we still come to this point where I think a lot of people have these moral objections when it comes to God. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, people have these thoughts or they, or they ask these questions. If God is so good, then why would he allow evil to go on? Or they'll ask another question where they will say, if God is so good, why, why would he kill people? And then you have another question that people probably would ask. Well, if God was so good, why didn't he create us without sin? And these are valid questions, you know. I understand as a human being I hope we're all human here I hope you know everyone that's listening here is on the same page with me but just like you I've I've had those questions before and I and I wasn't fully knowledgeable on these different things but as time went on and I've been on this journey with God I had to go through those questions and I and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with asking these questions because if you're a person that's trying to seek truth you 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 want the answers even if they hurt but knowing the truth is much better than knowing a lie because you can then make the right decisions based on the truth well there are two choices to this Hearing the truth, you can do one of two things. You can either accept the truth or you can reject the truth. And some people may feel like, well, that's not much of a choice. There's really no choice of the matter. I don't have a third option. Well, no, logically speaking, there's only two things you can do. There's no limbo in between receiving the truth. Um, or the actions that you take once you hear the truth. 
you can either accept what the truth is and move accordingly based on that fact or you can reject the truth reject what it is and move in that direction only two choices there's no in between in that and i'm not talking about nuances in life and of or of experiences i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about let like for example if you found out that you was stage two cancer whatever the cancer may be whether it's breast cancer or prostate cancer skin cancer lung cancer whatever it is once you've learned that truth that is a objective fact that the doctor has given you this is what's going on with your body and even though the diagnosis may hurt what would hurt even more is not knowing the diagnostic and being able to treat it if the if the doctor withheld that information from you as as his his or her patient then they willingly lied to you and they didn't tell you the truth and that would be more harmful to you because knowing the truth you can be able to prevent it so the same way if you learn the truth about life and you learn that there is a god and that he had a son and he died for your sins you can either do one or two things you can either accept that as truth or reject the truth But again, people ask these questions, like I said before, where they say, if God is so good, then why would he allow evil to go on? Now, I want to bring up some scripture that kind of helps you guys to understand this question a little bit better. So I want to give you Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 and this is the ESV version and it says as for you you meant evil against me but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today now that one verse of Genesis chapter 50 which is the last chapter in the book of Genesis there's 50 chapters this is the last chapter Joseph said this to his brothers um if you guys are not familiar with the story this was a man of God by the name of Joseph he's um the youngest out of I believe 10 brothers and early on in his life he got visions from God and because of his visions along the lines his father um, found favor in him he was his father's favorite and his other brothers were jealous his older brothers did not like that so they basically plotted to kill him but then they decided to change their minds on that and sell him into slavery and this vision that Joseph got was a vision that he he told his brothers that he had saw them along the lines he was above them and he was kind of like ruling as like this main figure and with the with the brothers jealousy and envy and evil intentions in their heart they didn't want him now imagine your brothers literally plotting to kill you and then wanting to sell you into slavery. You know, the things that people do, and, and especially family, this this was his blood, his kin. These wasn't strangers. They knew him. And they decided to get rid of him. And that was an evil act. Anyone that says otherwise, you know, define, give me your definition of evil define evil for me so they sold him into slavery and he goes on this journey of going from one place to another into 
uh, prominent people's households and it wound him up to in Egypt and fast forward years later as an as a um an older man and he was given prominence and status and he and because he he had got visions from God and he was able to interpret dreams he was very valuable that was one of his gifts that God blessed him with so there was a prediction he predicted a famine that was going to happen in the land and he harvested most of the crops and they were in Egypt because this famine lasts for years and it's so crazy how his brothers they're all older they all have wives and kids and you know they probably they didn't even recognize him when they saw him they came to Egypt to be able to get these crops and be able to survive this famine and he noticed them and when he said that that verse to them when he and I say it again as for you you meant evil against me and this is Joseph's words because he was a man of God he knows good and evil but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today if God is so good why then why would he allow evil to go on simply put God and only God he can bring good from evil he can allow he can allow good to come from evil because as someone as a being that knows the past present and future he knows how to work it in a way that brings him glory because ultimately that was for God's glory so they thought that they were ending their brother and putting him out of his misery it just led to pretty much they didn't know that it was going to help them in the future but God knew so they didn't do it on purpose well oh well we're we're gonna sell our brother into slavery and we we're doing good no they didn't think that far but God did so God knows what he's doing and and that's one example of being able to trust in him. But you know what? Sometimes people, they don't because they say, you know what? Jay, that's not good enough. Still, still, if God is so good, why would he kill people? These are things that people, they, they, they definitely question God on this. But I want to give you a scripture and... This actually is going to be a little bit longer, but I want you guys to bear with me and, and follow me when I read this. So I know people bring up the flood because that was a, a thing that he did many, many years ago, thousands of years ago, taking people's life. So we have Genesis chapter six, verse one through 22, pretty much the whole entire chapter but follow me when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive now let me just say this the sons of man correction the sons of of God some people they speculate that it's angels some people speculate it's it's angels children that term that is an explanation for another video or video i'm doing an audio i have a youtube channel called the 91 box i can either explain this on a video or i can do a recording and talk about this but it's safe to say that they were angels because as we read further you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about you guys might have heard of these creatures before but follow me and they took as their wives as they chose then the Lord said my spirit shall not abide in man forever 
for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. When the sons of God came in the daughters of man and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Now, that sentence right there, the Nephilim, they say that the Nephilim are the offspring of human and angel. So the sons of God are angels and the daughters of man are human and the Nephilim are the offspring of them. And I'll get back to um, his days shall be 120 years later, but let me continue reading. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. Remember that, God's sight. And the earth was filled with violence. So there was violence. And God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 30 cubits, its breadth, 50, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubic above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wives, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh and shall bring two of every kind of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds and of the animals according to their kinds of every creeping thing on the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come in to you to keep them alive. Also, Take with you every sort of food that is eaten and stored it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. I asked the question again. If God is so good, why he why would he kill people? And that's a good question. This is the thing. Um, someone says it best, Frank Turek, he's, uh, he's a Christian apologist and you can find him on YouTube. His YouTube channel is called Cross Examine, but I'm going to paraphrase what he says, but he says people get upset with God when God plays God. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, 
So, and what he means by that is a lot of times when people want God to be God, they say, God, I need you to do this thing for me. But when he doesn't do it in the way that they want him to do it, they get upset. But when God plays God and does himself, he, when God is God, people get upset because it's not in the way how they want things to be done. And that's a lot of times how people feel. A lot, the reason why a lot of people hate God is because of how he does things. Well, why would he have to flood the entire earth to kill all these people? Let me go back to this verse so you guys can understand and I'll explain it and bring everything into context. So God said this. He said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. Now, for one, Noah lived until the age of 500. In those times, my guess is that based on the scriptures, human beings... How can I... Okay, I'll give I'll give my explanation and then I'll give a, a, a biblical a more of a biblical closer explanation. And I think these things both to be true or this thing to be true. So my explanation is that the reason why a lot of people were able to live so long was was because human beings physically wasn't as corrupted in their bodies compared to now we have so many chemicals and so many different things that is deteriorating our bodies we're not able to last as long as people in the ancient times so that's my interpretation of 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 why human beings were able to live longer the foods the plants we wasn't as chemically induced as we are now they say the drugs are getting better but i say that's that is true and not true at the same time there is some truth to that but another thing is really god god allows the time limit he determines how long he will allow mankind to live uh how long how short it's up to him he's the one that created life so it's up to him because he created it. And here's the thing with the 120 years. That 120 years was mankind's grace of redemption. Now you probably will say, well, that doesn't say that. It doesn't explain it. But if you look in that that entire chapter, chapter uh, six, imagine... This is an ark that Noah has to build. It doesn't say that he got help or anything like that, but it it was a task for Noah. That's what God gave him and God instructed him on how to build it. Only God. So imagine creating a ship this gigantic. It would probably take a long time to get the material, to carve it and shape it in the way it needs to be shaped to get all the kinds of animals that needs to go in this ark that will take time to to gather all types and imagine the size that this thing has to be and to explain to his family and gather them and then even the foods because further on in um further chapters the flood lasted for a couple of months. I, I was. I would think it was forty days and forty nights, and then it took some time afterwards for the water to come down. So it took about a good two to three months. So you're gonna have to have food for not only yourself but your family and for every creature that's inside there. This was a 
gigantic task that took a long time to, to, to do. And, and when I say get the materials, not only that, you, he had to cut down these trees and carve them and shape them and put them together and even find the materials to even nail these things or glue them together to be able to have this arc the way it is. So, the 120 years really, that, that was part of it, but he, but also to warn people. God is still a gracious God. He, he, he was sorry. He regretted that he created mankind. And if God was so evil, because people say, why did he kill people? Then why didn't he just take out Noah and his family? Because in the future, even some of his family and future generations will continue to sin. If he really wanted to get rid of mankind, God could have. He showed his power in the flood, but he also showed his grace and mercy. And also, you got to think of this. I don't think people... Having angels procreate with human beings and creating these Nephilim. Some people said that some of these Nephilim were giants and violence was amongst the earth. It, The way how this world seems to be going in the trajectory that it's going is already bad, but it seems like it's, it, well, it's, it's going to get worse. It was probably, it's, it's getting back to that time, just like in Noah's days, when God, he he's like, I'm going to flood this place. Um, if any of you guys are an anime fan, watch Attack on Titan. Um, if you're not a manga reader, and you're only an anime viewer, an anime watcher, then this would be a spoiler um, so fast forward or or jump off. But there's there's a part in the in the uh, season four of Attack on Titan that will be coming out either this year or next year. And there's a backstory to Ymir and it shows the ancient times and how violent the people were. And that imagery just got me thinking about this world because there were times like that back in ancient days evil is within us whether we like to admit that or not we all every human being has the potential for evil that 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 is a fact that statement is true every human being has the potential for evil I do, you do, your mother, your sister, your brother, your your friend, everyone. We all have that potential because we're flawed. So when God plays God, he does it for the right reasons. And the reason why God is good is because he is the standard of goodness. But you're probably saying, really, he's the standard of goodness. How do I know this? You know, if God was so good, why did he create us? Why did he create us without sin? You know what? You're actually, that's a, that's a really good point. And I thought about this a lot of times. I thought about the, the Garden of Eden, the fruit of uh, the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit that was there. I, I always, I question: Was it the fruit? Was it was it their disobedience? Was it this? Was it that? I, you know. Let me let me give you guys something so that you can hold on to. I, I want to. I want to give you a quote from Christianity.com, and I was looking up something on Google. And it was it was a question about does angels have free will, and this actual quote kind of summarize summarize it um, beautifully. So I'm just gonna read it. You guys can find it on Christ, Christianity.com. Um, 
in the thread of do angels have free will? And it says free will makes us accountable to what we say, do and think. If, for instance, we did something that would be considered morally wrong, but we had no jurisdiction over our actions, no one could fault us. But if we possess free will, our wrong actions count against us. No one can sin without free will. But without free will, no one can truly experience the love of God. Love requires the choice to love after all. And and that's the thing. You know, when it comes back to uh, why would God allow evil in the world? Why would he allow this evil to continue? If that was the case... And, and I'm going to just quote Frank Turek because he brings this beautifully because he talks about the story of an atheist where he was he had uh, he was on stage and he was talking. He was there for about two hours and the whole time the atheist uh, didn't crack a smile. He, you know, Frank, he had jokes and, and he, he just seemed very militant. And he asked that question, if God was so good, why would he allow evil to continue in the world? And he answered him, if if that was the case, he would he would kill you. He would start with killing you and then me and all of us. And I'm paraphrasing, but along the lines, he said he would start with you and with him, and with himself. And he didn't say it in a mean way. It was the fact that we are tied to evil. We do evil, whether you know it or not. When God sees things in his sight, because he is the standard of goodness, whatever we do, if it's not in accordance to his will, it's evil. But you know what? I want to give you guys, I want to help illustrate this a little bit more. And I'm going to give you a, 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 a scripture. It's from John 7, verse 17. And this is always the ESV version. But I'm going to give you a scripture so you guys could understand that we have free will and we have the freedom to choose what we want to do. And this is Jesus. And he says, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my authority. I'll read that again. And this is and this is free will. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. So in that sense, you will know if someone is doing God's will and you will know if you're doing God's will, if if it's inconvenient to you. And it's for the betterment of not just yourself, but others. Or you would know it's just selfishly coming from you. We have the freedom to choose God's will. God doesn't force us to do anything. He doesn't. He's not going to force you to love him or to accept him. It's your choice. Even now, If you're listening to this podcast, no one's forcing you to listen. I'm not even forcing you to listen. Um, You can turn this thing off. You know, some might have turned this thing off already as when I started talking about God. And that's okay. They have free will. They can choose to do so. And I'm not mad at them. And God's not mad at them either. He would love for them to come on to him, but it's up to them. If he made beings, free creatures to to freely choose whatever they want to do, then that's on them. But I know a lot of people have an issue because they say, well, well, hey, Jay, this is not right. Because if you made us free, then why why would people go to hell? You know, I'm going to quote Frank because Frank actually he 
you can you can find this video on on YouTube. But he was asked a question um, from a guy. The YouTube channel is Skywalk Meaty, and he was he was asked a question about going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus Christ. And Frank Turek verbatim he answered. He said this. You don't go to hell just because you don't believe in Jesus Christ. You go to hell because you sinned. Again. But before I before I go any further, he later continues on by saying, you can avoid that by going to Christ who paid for our sins. So no, you don't go to hell because you don't believe in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that know he exists. They believe in him or they believe that he's a prophet or, like I said, they believe that he exists, but they don't trust in him. They don't accept him into uh, their hearts. So, again, you don't go to hell for not believing in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that believe in Jesus Christ. They, they believe that he exists. But they go to hell because they sin. They go to hell because they don't accept the gift that, that he's given. You know what? I'm going to accept Jesus Christ into my heart. I'm going to try my best to live his ways and do the best that I can. And, you know, and, and listen, a lot of people, that's not good enough for them. They say, you know, well, hey, listen, I can't be perfect and you know, there's no good examples of Christians because they're all hypocrites. And you know, a perfect video you can watch again, you can go to the YouTube channel, cross examine, and it's a panel of different apologists. Frank Turek is one of them. He's on there. Um, the late, great Ravi Zacharias, God rest his soul. He was on there and a, a few other guys is on there, but the title of the video on the cross-examine channel is called are christians hypocrites and along the lines to sum it up they say yes like <laughs> christians are hypocrites because humans are hypocrites christians are humans christians are fallen people that understand that they're fallen and to become a saint they accept jesus christ in their hearts and they try their best to live in the, in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. And, you know, they, they say it. Like, if they didn't... If if human beings were perfect and we wasn't flawed and we didn't sin, we wouldn't need Jesus Christ. And that's a hard p pill to swallow for some people. But it's the fact that we wouldn't need Jesus Christ to be saved because we would already do the right thing all the time. There would be no murder. There would be no rape. There would be no cursing. There would be nothing evil because we would be whole, complete beings with no insecurities or anything like that. So you shouldn't stop going to church or stop following God because Christians are hypocrites. God said it in his word that all men have fallen short to the glory of God. God in himself as a being lacks nothing. He's fully actualized. He's maxed out in potential. There is no potential to God because he has met all of it. There's nothing in him that lacks. That's why he's holy. If you add the W to the H, he's holy. He is complete. So... <laughs> We, we need him to be complete. That's why we have a void in our hearts and we use we, we use a lot of things to fill that void. When you run up all of your options and you realize nothing will make you whole or happy, I hope you choose God because God is there and he's that one that's going to fulfill you. It's not going to be perfect all the time in life, but he, but he tells us the truth. He lets us know until we reach the afterlife we we won't experience the full glory until then so i want you guys to reconsider about uh your your thoughts or feelings about god people hate god because they don't like the way he does things but if you really think about it the way he does things 
he cared enough about you to come down here on earth to live as a human to experience the life of what humans have to really go through a really great example of that is when Lazarus his friend died and Jesus Christ aka God came and was weeping for his friend but the funny part or the perplexing part about that situation was the fact that he knew he was going to bring him back to life he had the power to do so and he did later on I don't remember what book that was in but he he knew he was going to bring him back to life but he still wept over him if he didn't care about us he wouldn't die on the cross for us he wouldn't have done it there's nothing really you can do to hurt God but God is hurt and and feels pain he when we don't choose him when we don't choose the right path it's I put it to you like this we can understand God but we're we're never going to fully understand God until we get to glory and we can ask him these questions we are limited beings Imagine being a being that is capable to endure all things and still have the strength to be gentle and kind. That's hard for any person to do, even the best of us, but that's God. So he pains for us, but at the same time, he's strong enough to endure all of it. It's really amazing how God does things. So I want you to consider that fact. Think about that because I'm telling you, I understand how you feel because I I was there. There was a lot of things I didn't agree on how God does things. And And what I see now that's going on in the world, if more people focused on God, we would be in a better world in a better place and there wouldn't be as much evil on the earth you know we're not perfect so things still would happen but but we would be in a much better place so i thank god for everything that he's done and i accept how he does things so i just wanted to leave you guys with that um i mean no harm from this episode i didn't want to come down on anyone i just wanted to kind of elaborate and help you guys understand uh where where's god where god is coming from so again check out frank turek um on the cross examine uh youtube channel and there are a lot more other people that you guys can find out he's an apologist he's very well read and and studied so yeah that's pretty much it but before i go i want to leave you guys with this if you haven't accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior if you haven't um decided to become a believer and you want that opportunity now i present you with the with the opportunity to um to say a prayer and to believe in your heart um regardless of who you are i don't care what background you're from what shade of uh, of, of skin tone you are your religion, whatever. If you decide that hearing this message, you you believe in Jesus Christ, all you have to do is believe that he died for your sins, that he rose from the dead on the third day, went back up to heaven to his heavenly father, and that you, you know that you are a sinner, that you are fallen, that You're not perfect. You're flawed. And there's a reason why. But you understand that Jesus Christ can redeem you. If you repent of your sins and you believe in your heart of that, then my friend, my brother and sister, you are saved. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, If you believe in that prayer, 
that was an open prayer in a sense but if you believe in those statements that I said and you repent it in your heart and you want to move forward you are saved and listen if you want to reach out to me you guys can go to my YouTube channel called The 91 Box you can send me a message you can write a comment on one of my videos um, or you can leave a comment in this uh, in this uh, on Anchor you guys can leave a, a video not a video but an audio comment or you can go to uh, my Patreon and support me you can go to um, www.patreon.com slash the 91 box production you can go to 91 dreams on instagram that's 91 dreams um and you can reach out to me and you know i can explain more to you i can pray with you whatever you need i'll 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 help you out along this journey as a believer it's not going to be an easy journey um and that doesn't make you better than anyone but you're better off with Jesus Christ. So I want to leave you with that. So next week, guys, for season two, episode 26, I'm going to give my my final thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2. Um, I'm partly in the game, and I'm going to give you guys my thoughts. I, I did an episode on that. I gave her a little rant, but I'm going to give you guys my final thoughts. So look out for next week, um, next week, Friday, episode 26. It's going to be about The Last of Us Part 2. So that's it, guys. I thank you so much. I love you. Thank you for sticking around. Um, this is bringing me back to those uh, season one where I do like these long episodes, almost an hour long. But I had to address this because... Like I said, I did my first episode on God is Good, and I believe this one is better in, in every way, but ultimately, I wanted to lead you guys in the right direction. Don't give up on God. I heard that in church one time, and when that the singer, he said that, don't give up on God, that really touched me. Don't give up on God. Man, that, that, that's powerful. A lot of times we think God gives up on us. He doesn't give up on us. He never gives up on us. But please don't give up on God. He's fighting for you every single day. More than you ever know, I'm telling you. Whether you believe in him or not, he's fighting for you. So please don't give up on God. Okay, guys. I love you. Thank you for listening. You guys have a good one. And this is Jay. And I'm out.